Welcome back. All right, folks. Uh, markets are starting to level off here. Looks like we're gaining back uh, some of the losses from this morning, off, way off the lows of the session, which is good news. But one of the things that keeps knocking around this market like a ping pong ball is the fact that, uh, you know, there was a pause in the COVID-19 reporting by the mainstream media um, while we were going through the um, unfortunate death of George Floyd and the protests and the riots and all that other stuff. But um, just a day after George Floyd was buried, um, the mainstream media was right back at it, talking about how COVID is spiking in all these places. And, uh, you know, I can go on there and hypothesize and extrapolate and exaggerate and all that other good stuff. Um, but to try to get into what we do best here, talk about the real truths. Um, someone who knows a heck of a lot more about this than me joins me right now, uh, Dr. Dean Hart joins me. He's an expert in microbiology, published author on the transmission of viruses and disease, regular contributor to the show. Hey, Doc, uh, it looks like new statistics are showing that there are record spikes in uh, Texas and uh, big number increases in Florida. They just, uh, they're just in phase three of reopening. What does this, what does this really mean? Okay, the first problem with looking at any of these tests is when you have more tests and you test more people, you're going to get more positives. It's hard to know from all the readings of all the science or more the journalist reports, there's different ways to test people. This is nasopharyngeal swab with polymerase. only tells you if you're positive for the virus and viral remnants. That is one test, reliable, but it doesn't give you enough to know what's going on because if you cure, you still have virulent virion remnants in your nasal passage. So you look like you're positive and you've been cured and your body beat it off. Then we get into these other tests, which are antibody tests to see if we have antibodies and immunoglobulins. And personally, I was tested. I was donating blood. Uh, to the plasma center of the Red Cross because convalescent cured people are able to use their antibodies to help very sick people. Now, the antibody tests, there's a myriad of them. Some are extremely unsensitive, unreliable, and just plain old inaccurate. 50-50 chance the test means anything, which means you don't know anything. And so, so the antibody tests, now when they record the positivity rate, I'm not sure they're getting an accurate record, even if it's an nasopharyngeal swab. And if they're using the immunoglobulin technique, then you've got other reasons for inaccuracy and um, conclusions that can't be drawn out by just seeing if antibodies are in the blood or not. Okay, so, so, the, so Doc, then a lot of this uh, is kind of like hogwash, the whole, you know, well, there's a spike in cases. Well, there's a spike in testing, right? So that's, that's number one. Whether you have the antibody, you don't have the antibodies, this is what I need to ask you because you're, you're great and you always say it like it is. Um, is there any medical science that says wearing a mask protects you if you're covid positive and you're coughing and sneezing sneeze gives viral particles an ejection uh, of uh, about 150 miles 
an hour out of our nose. So when you're sick and coughing, sneezing, chanting in a protest, yes, it will catch significant amounts of viral particles. If you're negative, it will most likely not be effective in screening out virus and you'll probably get it if exposed. So you're not protecting yourself, you're protecting others because it does have a positive effect on the sick. Got it. So with all these mass protests going on around the country, there's a lot of renewed concerns that there's going to be spikes around there. I do see a lot of these Antifa folks wearing like bandanas over their mouth and nose. Um, but I do see a lot of people unmasked. Could these hot spots where the rallies are turn into spike zones for COVID? Well, if you're a scientist, like I hope people perceive me as, I had the immunological test that showed me I have antibodies and they were reactive. And it was a form of the reliable test. Now, in my case, I can we now what's a reliable test which is a quick fast test that isn't going to be reliable so if you go to the if you knew you had covid then you got over it and then you were positive for antibodies you theoretically don't need a mask theoretically because in the past SARS and MERS imputed some a level of immunity for probably a year two years three years so just like many virus people get, like the chicken pox, you have a party uh, when you're a kid and you're immune for life is the thought. And we have a whole range, so there's lots of unknowns. The main thing you gotta look at, the one thing that will not lie to us, if you look at a hospital and you see how many people are in the ICU or how many people are very sick there with obvious infection, that's not gonna be so misleading. So when you look at the hospitals, you have a good idea of what the population is going through and suffering through. Theoretically, these tests will shed tons of light. They're just not there yet. This is a novel virus and we never experienced it, so we don't know really how to test it so perfectly. Got it. Now, let me ask you this. I read an article that I thought was quite informed. I did some back testing on it also. It was by a, uh, a guy who was studying, you know, treatments for coronavirus out of London. Uh, I don't remember the Imperial University or something like that. Um, and he was saying that um, when the coronavirus got into the lungs, it actually inflamed the inside of the lungs. And the inflammation in the lungs took up surface area, took, took up area inside the lungs. And his, one of the things that he was talking about was that the, the use of respirators was the absolute opposite of what they should have been doing because his thesis was that when the inner lining of the lungs was, was inflamed, it was taking away space in there, area in there. And then when they forced more air into the lungs, it was actually causing the people more problems because there was less space to hold the air that they thought they were pumping in there. Can you see any way where respirators could have had the opposite effect on the, these people? Well, there's definitely a component in a group of people that perish that have an immune response. The virus gets in there and your white blood cells go and march to attack it. And what happens is 
there's a cytokine storm, a whole reaction of immuno, immunological action that can actually cause harm to the patient. So, oh, if you look at lupus or if you look at um, rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune diseases, and the inf inflammation induced by one's own body can definitely cause huge problems. And sticking a tube down somebody's throat can't see the immune system chilling out with that one. So it makes sense that even though they're not breathing well, you got to know the underlying reason why they're not breathing well. If there's huge inflammation, how well is a respiratory a respirator going to work? Right, and and you know I'm I'm no scientist, although I sometimes try to play one on TV. Um, uh, but I am, you know, pretty good at math. I've spent 30 years on Wall Street. And I think 80% of the folks here in New York who were put on respirators died. So, yes. you know, I had one friend who was in the hospital for a while. And I was telling him, hey, man, don't let him put one of those respirators down your throat because you got, you know, a 400% chance more of dying than if you leave it out. And it, it seems like the odds were just in the favor of people who didn't get respirators. Um, 19 more states reporting trends of cases increasing. I know this is from testing, um, but can you see any way in our final 30 seconds here, quick answer, Doc, any way we could see a really big second wave like this? Well, the second wave to me, as I said, is the hospital stays, the ones that must go to the hospital for medical care. If we get a cold or a flu and we get over it, to me, that's not uh, unusual. That's nature. In the boats, the cruise boats, people, 60% of the cruise boat people or the t Teddy Roosevelt, when they sampled all the sales, 60% got it, the COVID positive, but 80% were asymptomatic. So the medicine and all the invasive stuff we do doesn't always work so well. Got it. All right, we got to leave it there. Dr. Dean Hart, thank you so much, brother. Hopefully we'll check back with you soon. And uh, I don't care what any of them say. I think you're a scientist. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's Dean Hart. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with some more liquid lunch right after this.